Welcome to Zoo Podcast, the almost unauthorized music podcast featuring U2 and the wave of music from the 1980s. I'm your host, Kevin S. Let's dive in again. This is the first episode of 2024. Let's go. In the first episode of 2024, our first problem is what the hell do we call this thing? Is it Zoo Podcast Episode 9 or is it Zoo Podcast 2024 Episode 1? Oh, these are definitely first world problems. We're going to talk about the beginning of 2024, what we're most looking forward to. And the Zoo Podcast team has put their minds together and they asked the question, what if Mr. McFisto was a YouTube.com subscriber? Oh my gosh, I can't wait for this. All of that next on Zoo Podcast. I still haven't made my mind up. We might have to have a vote on this. Yeah. Well, anyway, welcome, friends, to 2024. I am finally able to take some time. My first half of this month of January has been obscenely busy. But I did manage to squeeze in a U2 fan meetup with a terrific friend, Jeff, and we talked about a lot of stuff. It was very inspiring. Uh, our schedules just never are able to match up, it seems like, but we're going to try to make this happen a little more regularly. I hadn't seen Jeff since before the pandemic, and what a cool guy. Cool dude. I knew this already, but uh, when you kind of rekindle a friendship like that, it's really nice to uh, to have that as a takeaway. So. Uh, I hope for more of those. There's going to be a lot of fun in 2024. But I'm going to circle back. Right about this time last year, I was looking forward to stepping away. I uh, haven't shared this with anyone yet on this format. But I stepped away for a bit and uh, kind of gathered myself before moving forward into a new chapter for me. And it was such a positive thing. It inspires me every day to take care of myself and to kind of enjoy the things that uh, that we have in this world. And that was my big takeaway from 2023, was I chose things, and it really wouldn't have mattered what I chose, but I chose things that I wouldn't normally do, because I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to do those things. No, None of us do. I got to see my favorite musician of all time, who currently uh, is part of the Manhattan Wind Ensemble. That was spectacular. He is an incredible trumpet player. Uh, no record deal yet, but I think that is quite possible in his future. And uh, that is, uh, that's my son, of course. <laughs> My favorite singer of all time. Many people think it's Bono. There's no chance it's Bono. I mean, he's he's up there, I have to admit. But uh, my daughter is my all-time favorite singer. And, you know, honestly, by a wide margin, she does, she does an incredible version of anything sung by Lady Day, a.k.a. Billie Holiday. And I miss seeing her perform. I hope that she gets back into it. I'm going to be able to see the Manhattan Wind Ensemble again this spring in a spectacular performance in New York City in the West Village. So 
that is going to be something that, that'll be per, the performance of the year. I know that right now. But uh, from other aspects of performing art and with 80s bands, I'm going to be very selective this year. Last year, I wasn't quite as selective. I went to see Depeche Mode and Bruce Springsteen, and I saw Duran Duran at Red Rocks, Colorado. Oh, my gosh. Whew. I, it's hard to describe. I saw my favorite Irish traditional band, the High Kings. They're always great. These guys are just so talented. They played uh, many, they always come to New England and play many dates, but I saw them in Norwalk, Connecticut. It was a Saturday night and uh, it was, they were, they were just amazing. Uh, and they're terrific guys too. They always hang around and see everyone and uh, shake hands and sign CDs after the show. That was an all-time highlight. And then I, I was very fortunate enough, to, as many of you know, to see you too out in Las Vegas at the Sphere and that I made a dream come true of going to Zabriskie Point, California in Death Valley National Park. I didn't know how spiritual it would be. It was deeply moving to be at that location where the photograph on the front cover of the Joshua Tree album was taken. I'm looking at it right now. It's really hard to describe. So anyway, then yours truly started a new job this year. So I've been off the rails. I do know that Echo and the Bunnymen are coming to Boston, among other places. I have some choices there. But I think the House of Blues show in Boston would be quite enjoyable. I've been to a couple things at the House of Blues, and it's a great venue, right behind the Green Monster at Fenway Park. If anyone's going to go, let me know. Drop me a note. I'd love to see you there and say hello. Echo and the Bunny Men was a favorite with uh, close friends and roommates, and uh, it, we kind of wore out that cassette tape. Anyway, it's going to be really cool to see them. And they, they're calling it the Songs to Learn and Sing Tour, from what that might not be the exact name. Sorry, guys. But... Something like that. So Songs to Learn and Sing is the title of their all-time classic Best Of, which came out in the 80s. And it's one of two essential albums that here at Zoo Podcast, we're going to recommend both of them. Songs to Learn and Sing, a must-have. Why that hasn't been reissued, to my knowledge it hasn't, I'll never know. But it's perfect. And then the Echo and the Bunny Men album, which came out, I believe it was August of 1987, and that one has, from front to back, there are no skips. Just a completely great listen, but everyone will recognize Lips Like Sugar. That's on that album. Get both of those two or stream them if you want to just try them out. They're, they're fantastic, and they're, I know that they're going to feature those at these shows that they're putting on for this tour. We've summarized 2023. That's what I'm looking forward to in 2024. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to read to you Mr. McFisto's statement after being a U2.com subscriber for one year. That's next on Zoo Podcast. 
Hi friends, it's Kevin from Zoo Podcast. And if you're planning on being in Las Vegas, February 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th, my friends, Hollywood U2 are playing the incredible venue at the Hard Rock Cafe on the Southern Strip there in Las Vegas. Don't miss them. It is an off night for U2. So there's no other concert going on except for Hollywood U2 at Hard Rock. February the 16th, third floor at Hard Rock Cafe and arrive early because Hard Rock is an amazing venue that has tremendous food and friendly hospitality. I really liked it there when I went and the show from Hollywood U2 was absolutely incredible. Again, that's Hollywood U2, February 16th at Hard Rock, Las Vegas. <laughs> Welcome back to Zoo Podcast and we have a statement from Mr. McFisto. He, now, before people get all crazy, I have an expression. This is not unfamiliar to some, before some people go batshit crazy. This is not an official statement from Mr. McFisto. This is a thought from the team here at Zoo Podcast. Mike the Intern is the one that kind of pushed this idea out there in the conference room here at Shamrock Studios. The Phantom, Adam the Tech Guy, and myself thought it was a great idea. If Mr. McFisto made a statement from Las Vegas about the show at the Sphere and if he became a YouTube.com subscriber... (laughs) What would he say? Oh my gosh. So the possibilities of this resulted in, now to be honest, there were a couple of beverages in the conference room. We have the zoo podcast, uh, you know, pub over in the corner. So uh, the, the ideas, you know, it gets the ideas flowing a little more recklessly. So <laughs> the the team came up with a statement which Mr. McFisto would say if he were confronted with the situation that we currently have. And so without further ado, we're going to we're going to read this to you now. I'm going to do my best impression. Forgive me for those of you that are really good at this and there's a few of you out there that that are really good at uh, Mr. McFisto. Hello, friends. Hello from Las Vegas. This is Mr. McFisto. I've been sitting here patiently by my mirror ball phone, waiting for it to ring. Sadly, it hasn't, but I'm hoping for it to be Bono on the other end. I want to tell him how much better this Sphere show would be if I were in it. I think he hasn't called because he's upset. He looks out into the audience and he sees more people dressed like me than he does of himself. (laughs) And there is proof of this, as they are now selling fly shades to try to even up the ratio. It won't work. It's another failed idea. And speaking of failed ideas, 10 months ago, I became a subscriber of U2.com. 
I was drawn in by the thought of sitting on the beach under my mirrorball umbrella and reading a book of lyrics that was promised to subscribers. Well, c'est la vie. The book has not arrived yet. And as I look on my calendar, there's a little gold dust here. It's the new year has turned. It is now 2024. And the 2023 subscriber gift has not arrived yet. Mm. Now, Bono, I think you've been busy at the Sphere, but let's, let's be reasonable. Maybe you should position it differently. To say, the gift will arrive. And just leave it at that. You would never have thought that. You're welcome. I, I just gave you the solution. So change your wording. I know you're busy. I still think your show would be better with me in it. Let's make that change. Yours most sincerely, Mr. McFisto. Wow. Uh, that, was, was, that was quite fun. Um <laughs> He's more polite than I thought he would be. Um, but, you know, I think McFisto is quite pleased because as I was in the sphere last October, I saw so many gold suits, I couldn't even keep up with a count of deviled horned men and women dressed up as McFisto. It was really impressive. And, of course, in Las Vegas. It got even better. There was McFistos around every corner. Now, there I have a couple favorites out there. And they know who they are. But <laughs> it just made it for just a great, great party. So I hope Bono is listening to Mr. McFisto. He, um, he has some, several good points here. Um, He's not using new tech. He's still using the old, you know, analog phone with the mirror ball. None of us would want anything else other than that, would we? I can just picture it. Mm. Makes me want to go out and get a mirror ball cell phone case for my, for my iPhone. It's actually a really good idea. So let's discuss this now. If... If I, if McFisto were a YouTube.com subscriber, he would make it sound even more ridiculous than the, than the statement that our team came up with. But it is worth asking, why do we hold you two up on the pedestal to a different standard than we would anyone else in the world, any other organization, if we put out our money and paid for something? in March of 2023, and that something has not arrived in, <laughs> in the same calendar year. Oh, boy, that's... Wow. Think, think of ordering something from Amazon, and it's just, it's still, you're still waiting 10 months later. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, it's really obscenely awful. It's inappropriate it's unprofessional it's you know what are they still printing these things up it looks like they are because some of them are arriving in europe 
but I don't know of anyone here in North America that's received one yet. My current status as a subscriber, and this is laughable, I know, is that um, the calendar year turned to 2024, and my status said that it was being processed. <laughs> oh, God. Do you think we're that stupid? Really? Oh, So now the status has been updated that there's a shipping date. Oh, this is really pathetic. A shipping date of February the 2nd, <laughs> 2024, for the 2023 subscriber gift. Lord have mercy. Wow. And of course, they've got to confirm that they're actually sending the gifts to human beings. Um, it's just... This is, this is a topic for another time, guys, but there was a, a published article in a um, high-level newspaper um, or media outlet that there was a guy that they interviewed that had spent over $200,000 on U2.com memberships, and then he let his bots, he let the bots do the work for him in securing tickets when tickets went on sale. Wow, man, that that that's really frustrating. And you know that the delays here, I'm certain that that's part of the reason why is that they have to discern which accounts are actual human beings and which are not. There's certain people who disagree with that, but it's not open for debate. It's it's really laughable that someone would want to debate that with me. That's that's a fact. I mean, these these people that resell tickets are doing this, and not just with you too. They're doing this. Uh, that's that's our competition, guys. Think about Taylor Swift. Think about Queen. Think about any other high level headliner. Adele is another one that battles this phenomenon of computer robots, and now with artificial intelligence, it's going to get even harder for a real human being to secure a ticket. It kind of makes you just want to throw up your hands and, you know, and say, it's, it's not worth it anymore. It's, it's really not. It's really not worth it. We know it's not, but we still do it because we love them. We love many other bands. You have to kind of wonder why high-level entertainment like Live Nation can't find a way to make this work for everyone. I think that would be another topic that it, Mr. McFisto should comment on. And, um, <laughs> you know, we need Mr. McFisto to come up with a solution. I think he could do it as well um, if we all know him like we do. So... We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back to wrap this episode up. This is Zoo Podcast. You are listening to Zoo Podcast, the almost unauthorized music podcast featuring U2 and the wave of music from the 1980s. Please like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Overcast. Welcome back, everyone. And it's like the elephant in the room. 
we've got to talk about this. What the F is going on with this Dolby Atmos bullshit? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, right? I was completely caught off guard. U2 is re-releasing Octung Baby using Dolby Atmos technology, I guess you would call it. I dug into this a little bit. You got to have the right streaming service. It's only supported on Apple, Amazon, and what was the third one? It was one I had never heard of before. So who cares? Apple and Amazon. And then you got to have special equipment. So I hope you have that or your SOL. I hope everyone knows what SOL stands for. <laughs> well, if you have like the the earbuds that cost 150 bucks, you know, the wireless ones, that they work with that. Um, or you need a receiver that supports Dolby Atmos. I've got to check my receiver. I think I got mine like three or four years ago. Hmm. It's just before the pandemic. Got to look into that. So, I mean, if you don't have those things, you can't play it. So, you know, it's just like you two to do this. They want to be in the leading edge of technology. I have no question it's going to be better in some ways. But I haven't talked about this before, guys, but I am really concerned about things that are in the cloud and that can change overnight. You wake up and what was there is not there anymore. Having a collection, a physical copy of a recording is more important than ever. Now, you have to add perspective to that because this album is now 32 years old and a little in a few months, right? Came out in November of 1991, so that's 32 and three months or so. Are they entitled to change it? Of course they are, but I don't want to lose sight of what the original artistic impression was and the technology of the day. And I think the technology of that day should always be supported. Is it going to sound different? Is it going to is it going to take away the original spirit of the album? Well, we are going to sit down in the Zoo podcast conference room here at Shamrock Studios. Myself, Mike the intern, Adam the tech guy and the phantom. We're going to get a six pack for each of us. <laughs> and we're going to listen to that album a couple of times. And then we're going to listen to the original album a couple of times. And I'm going to be putting in, but I'm not going to tell. I'm not, you know what I might do? I might tell them that the original is the upgraded version and see what they think. See if they can tell the difference. Or let them make their own notes. Just don't tell them anything. That's how I'm going to listen to it. And when I get together with the guys uh, in the conference room, uh, I think that'll be a good practice. But we're going to review that next week. 
No. I'm, I'm kind of done with weekly episodes, guys. I don't know how. I'm, I'm tipping my cap right now for everyone that can do a weekly podcast. I mean, like, wow, man. I've got, like, serious responsibilities that this is like a bonus. This is like the cherry on top. Fun thing to do. Talk with all of you. Share my kind of thoughts on what I'm passionate about. But once a month, <laughs> let's just put that out there. It's going to be once a month from this point forward. And uh, uh, that's going to be about what I can provide, what I can do for myself, for everyone else, and be happy. You know, I don't want to stress out other parts of my life just because I feel like I have to push out an episode. So um, let me know what you think. If there's stuff that I haven't talked about, I'd love to hear from you. If there is some thoughts about this Dolby Atmos thing, if anyone has expert knowledge about it, I don't, let me know. I'd love to learn more about it. You know, why is it significant? Why do they think it's the future of something when not even, not all listening platforms can support it? That seems odd to me. Is Octung Baby going to be more enjoyable? No, I can tell you that right now. Even before I listen to it, there's no way it can be more enjoyable. It's going to be different. That's about it. I think the most recent remaster for the 30th anniversary was beyond spectacular. They did a great job. That digital release really provided for the people who didn't go out and spend $400 on the Uber Deluxe. All of that audio and that audio and the the tracks from the vault, everything, it's spectacular. I think it's the best release you two have ever had is the Uber Deluxe. Wow. I wasn't planning on, you know, being that, you know, polarizing today, but... <laughs> wow. Because I, I, my favorite album is the Joshua Tree, but I do think the Uber Deluxe is the best thing you two has ever pushed out. Is that possible to like both of them like that? Well, whatever. <laughs> you let me know. But I want to thank you for listening. This has been a pleasure to come back again in 2024 and speak with you. And I hope everyone, despite what Mr. McFisto said in his statement, I hope everyone gets their subscriber gift soon. Um, and we can put this ridiculous, obscenely ridiculous episode of, you know, the missing subscriber to gift behind us. So next time we're going to have a review of Octung Baby in Dolby Atmos. We're going to talk about the show. Everyone's going out to Las Vegas for the show uh, as they start the tour again at the Sphere. And we're also going to talk about um, Echo and the Bunnymen and these two spectacular albums that they're going to feature on this tour coming up later this springtime. Songs to Learn and Sing and the Lips Like Sugar album is what I call it. It's self-titled, I believe. Echo and the Bunny Men from 1987. We're going to do all that next time uh, here on Zoo Podcast. Until then, my friends, wishing you the very best. Thank you for listening to Zoo Podcast, the almost unauthorized music podcast featuring you two and the wave of music from the 1980s. 
The reason any podcast has success is because of the listener. You use your time, you listen, you share your thoughts and provide feedback, and I thank you for everything. Until next time, wishing you all peace and love, happiness and health. Please go back out into the world and be kind to each other. We need so much more kindness right now. Zoo Podcast is produced by Kevin S. Sound engineering by The Phantom. Tech consultation by Adam T. And recorded at Shamrock Studios, somewhere west of Boston. Thank you again to our listeners, sponsors, and supporters.